The Moth Podcast is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Support for The Moth comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash moth. That's odoo.com slash moth. Odoo, modern management made simple. Calling all educators. Join the moth this summer for the virtual moth teacher institute. We're not your average teacher training. Forget what you think you know about professional development. At MTI, we're all about infusing your classroom with the magic of storytelling. MTI is for 5th to 12th grade teachers, whether you're looking to fine-tune your strategies or you're a curious newcomer eager to learn more about moth storytelling. Picture this, a new community of teachers all over the country. Vibrant discussions, engaging activities, live storytelling shows, access to moth curriculum, and so much more. This summer, MTI will take place from August 5th to the 9th. Applications close on June 23rd. Visit themoth.org forward slash MTI to apply today. Welcome to the Moth Podcast. I'm Phyllis Bodwin, a storyteller and your host for this week. You may have heard my story, Quiet Fire. Sometimes a story is all about perspective. Two people can look at the same thing and have wildly different takeaways. That's one of the special things about storytelling, getting to see something in a whole new light. This week, we've got two stories about the exact same event. And we'll be doing something a little different this episode. We'll be starting with one storyteller, Kathy Gaziorowicz. We'll pause in the middle to share another story from Janet Clark that might just shed new light on what happened. Then we'll finish up with Kathy's story. We hope you'll enjoy this shift in perspective. We're using 2022 to take a look back at each of the first 25 years of the month. So both of these stories are from 2021. First up is Kathy Gaziorowicz. She told this story in the Twin Cities. The theme of the night was celebration. Here's Kathy, live at the Moth. Thank you. This was uh, spring of 1993. I got a call one day from uh, a gentleman who identified himself as the marketing director for the St. Paul Saints minor league baseball team. I'd heard a bit about them. I'm not, uh, I don't come from a sports family, but I knew that that was like the one with the bat and the small ball and the guys with the mitts. I don't have any brothers. I know that sounds so like sexist, but honestly, my, my dad was not a good like sports role model. So anyway, but I knew a little bit about them and uh, he said, so uh, you're gonna get a call from a guy named Mike Veck. He's, uh, he and Bill Murray are part owners of the, uh, co-owners of the St. Saint Paul Saints, and uh, just want to make sure you're a mime, right? And I said, uh, that's right. And it, it didn't sound like an accusation, but I'm always a little bit 
sensitive to that. Anyway, shortly after that, I got a call from a guy named Mike Veck, and he said, hey, can I call you Gaz? And I said, absolutely. He said, so I got this idea. Okay, so our motto is, fun is good. Whatever happens at the Saints game, it's supposed to happen. What's happening on the field, that's great, but what happens in the stands, that's what we care about. So, for example, he told me about, they have this nun wandering around in the stands who gives haircuts. And... Uh, <laughs> And then between innings, they, they have a mascot, Paula the Pig, and they have pig races. They have people in giant inflatable fat suits, and they do wrestling. Uh, they did like a, a six-minute six play where they do 60-second scenes between innings, all sorts of stuff. So he said, I really don't care if more than one person sees you, but what I want is for all the home games, it's like 40 home games, I want you to do mime in the stands. Got it? So I said, okay, uh, and, and what would the pay for that be? Well, I'm thinking uh, 50 bucks a game. So now, I have to give you some perspective. As a mime, you know, it, it's not my, it would not be my hourly fee, but at the time, 1993, um, the only thing beneath me was not getting paid. And this would have been, like, by the end of the summer, like two, two grand, which is like bank if you're a mime. So. <laughs> Um, so I said, yeah, I'm, I'm in. That sounds really fun. Um, but then he said, but I got a second proposal for you. In addition to that, here's what I want to do. I want to kick the whole thing off, the whole summer of mime off, with you and a bunch of your mime friends <laughs> entertaining during this game. So he said, but wait, here's, here's what I'm thinking, is that we don't have like a giant screen at the Saints game, right? So the mimes are going to do, like, slow-motion instant replay. Got it? Every time there's a play, instant. I said, yeah. He said, think it's a good idea? And I said, sure. I said, the only problem is that um, I'm doing a, a musical up in northern Minnesota, a little summer stock theater, so I'm going to miss that night, but I'll be back in time for all the home games, the other home games. And he said, that's all right. Just take care of it. Now... Before hearing the rest of Kathy's story, let's hear how that day actually went down. Janet Clark told this story in the Twin Cities, too, but the theme of that night was adventure. Here's Janet, live at the Moth. Hi, I'm Janet. And if you look at me, you can see that I have dark hair, a slim build, expressive facial features, and, let's face it, big hands. I was destined to be a mime. <laughs> the year is 1993, and I'm wearing a striped shirt and white-faced mime makeup. I'm standing in the infield of the St. Paul Saints baseball team at Midway Stadium. A famous producer has hired six of us mimes to do what he calls Silent Night. His idea is that we're supposed to do mime-o-vision, which is instant replays of plays, or instant, yes, instant replays, because they don't have a video screen. Me? I am totally out of my element. There are 5,000 rowdy fans here. Me? I mime at church. <laughs> but our group has decided that we even if MimoVision isn't the most 
entertaining, we are going to give it our best shot. We are going to entertain these folks and win over their hearts with our artistry. So we've put together this little sketch. It's a sort of an improv on a baseball game, and we're doing it in the infield to warm up the crowd. And it's got all the best mime bits in it. It's got walking against the wind and the moonwalk. We are rocking it, and we start to hear the crowd chant from behind home plate. They're chanting, kill the mimes, kill the mimes, kill the mimes. So we finish our sketch, and then it gets worse. Instead of going into the crowd in pairs so we can do MimoVision together, they say, no, we're going to send you each into a section. You get to improv with strangers alone. This is not my skill set. So I go over there, and I just resolve, you know what? I'm just going to keep a low profile avoid the drunks, and just avoid more humiliation. So I sit and watch the game. And I feel guilty, so I uh, get up and I brush off the seat next to me and offer it to somebody, and I get a smile. I'm like, okay, maybe I can do some of this. So I move through the audience. I sit there, I watch, and then I interact with people, and I start getting smiles. I'm like, okay, keep a low profile, avoid the drunks, and don't get humiliated. And it's all going pretty good until the end of the game. It's the last inning, and bang, a fly ball comes arcing over to our section, and this little kid, about eight or nine, puts out his glove to catch it. And just as he's about to get the ball, whoosh, this Big Galoot has run down the aisle and snags it out right from in front of him. The crowd is incensed. I hear people muttering, that jerk. Kid should have had the ball. And he walks back up the aisle and sits down with the ball. And nobody is doing anything. And something deep down inside of me <laughs> wells up. This is a job for a mime. So the next thing I know, I'm running down the stairs. I'm kneeling in front of the kid. His chin's quivering. I commiserate. And then I reenact what just happened. It's the only time mimovision made any sense. <laughs> so I end with a gesture of, wait here. I walk up the steps to where the big guy is sitting with the ball, and he's gloating with his friend. And at his feet are a bunch of empty beer cups. Uh-oh. Regardless, I get his attention. I review what replay, just what just happened. And I end with, and the child was sad. And I put out my hand for the ball. And he goes, turns away. And I wait. And the crowd starts to chant. Only this time, they're not chanting, kill the mime. <laughs> this time, they're chanting, Give the mime the ball. Give the mime the ball. Give the mime the ball. And boom, he gives it to me. And I run down the aisle, and I give it to the kid. He's all smiles. The crowd around us starts to clap. I take a little bow. I go back to my seat, and I'm going, what just happened? And all I can think is, in that moment, artistry overcame humiliation and 
I didn't get killed. That was Janet Clark. We'll tell you more about Janet in a bit. But first, let's hear the rest of Kathy Gassiorowitz's story. Remember, she just left the city to do summer stock and didn't know how the Mimo Vision night would actually go. Here's Kathy. My roommate's boyfriend and a couple of his friends came up to see her the show. And, uh, and after the performance, they, we were sitting around. They said, oh, my God, you have no idea. Two nights ago, we were at the Saints game. And they were like, all these mimes, just like all the mimes in the stand. And like, by the third inning, people were like throwing their hot dogs at them. And then, wait, and then by the fourth inning, they had to send the security detail in to pull them out because the whole crowd was chanting, kill the mimes, kill the mimes, kill them. Like, so we were all kind of laughing and I'm thinking, totally dodged a bullet on the one hand. On the other hand, I'm thinking, that probably is going to just kill my summer of bank. I mean, there's no way Vec is going to bring me in. So anyway, got back to Minneapolis, and I started calling Mike Vec. Just want to make sure that, you know, the mime gig was still on and uh, was not returning my calls. And I kept calling, and I thought, this is so rude. And finally, he called me back, and he said, Gaz, you steered me wrong. You told me this would be a great idea. And I said, Mike, I just agreed with you. I wanted the money. And he said, well, anyway, so yeah, the gig is off. Um, which was disappointing, but uh, sort of understandable. And then a while later, I think it was maybe a couple of years later, I read in the paper, there was sort of an article about all the cool things that the saints do, with the exception of um, if there is a bad idea that's tossed around kind of in the promo room, they have, so anybody has the right to invoke the mime clause. <laughs> which is an indication of a really bad idea. A few years later, like long after I had given away my berets and my, my clown white and, and most of my striped shoes, shorts, <laughs> I mean shirts, um, I got a call from uh, the marketing director at the Saints and he said, you still doing mime? And I said, under duress, but sure. And he said, all right, I got a gig for you. A couple weeks later, in my outfit, I uh, pulled up to a house, hid behind a tree, and then when a giant limo pulled up with Mike Veck and his new bride <laughs> celebrating their wedding, I jumped out from behind the tree and started doing the mime, the whole thing, and... Uh, it was delightfully, gave me a huge hug, and all was forgiven. Thank you. That was Kathy Gassiorowitz. Kathy is a Minneapolis-based marketing writer, recovering mime, and storyteller who's performed at the Minnesota Fringe Festival, The Moth, Patrick's Cabaret, TEDx, and Story Club. She first went public with her mime misadventures in Confessions of a Mime, the Yo Play Years. And Janet Clark, who you heard just before Kathy, is a creative communicator who discovered her voice through mime. She currently coordinates customized community education classes in the Minneapolis suburbs and aspires to make space for people to be inspired. To see photos of Janet and Kathy in their mime getup, 
head to themoth.org slash extras. And surprisingly, these aren't the only stories from the moth that involve the phrase, kill the mime. I told a story a while back about a mime that actually deserved all the hate. But when he got two feet away, I lifted my can of pepper spray and I sprayed him in his face. To hear the rest of that story, we'll have a link in this episode's extras. Just go to themoth.org slash extras. That's all for this episode. We hope you'll come with us as we continue to take a look back at some of our favorite stories from the Moth's 25-year history. From all of us here at the Moth, have a story-worthy week. Sorry, I tried to mime the credits, but that doesn't really work in audio. Phyllis Mary Bodwin, a Bronx-born artist, jewelry designer, and griot, captures her people's stories through her writing and her art. She was a teacher trainer for the New York City Department of Education, crisis intervention counselor for the Marble Collegiate Church, and coordinator of daytime casting at ABC. Phyllis told her mime story all around the country. This episode of The Moth Podcast was produced by Sarah Austin Janess, Sarah Jane Johnson, Davey Sumner, and me, Mark Sollinger. The rest of The Moth's leadership team includes Catherine Burns, Sarah Haberman, Jennifer Hickson, Meg Bowles, Kate Tellers, Jennifer Birmingham, Marina Cloutier, Inga Gladowski, and Aldi Kaza. All Moth stories are true, as remembered and affirmed by their storytellers. For more about our podcast, information on pitching your own story, and everything else, go to our website, themoth.org. The Moth Podcast is presented by PRX, the public radio exchange, helping make public radio more public at prx.org. Support for The Moth comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is the only software your business will ever need. Featuring a suite of integrated business applications, Odoo connects your business operations together so that you can get more done in less time. Odoo has apps for everything. CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, marketing, manufacturing, you name it, Odoo's got it. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash moth. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash moth.